Hello and welcome to Gloucester Vineyard Church's weekly podcast. We are creating communities which bring hope and joy to Gloucestershire. Um, we're really thrilled that you've downloaded this message and we hope that it blesses you. Uh, this is a message which our friend John Taylor shared um, just before Christmas. Uh, we were thinking about Jesus being the Prince of Peace and John was unpacking for us how um, what the Bible means by peace is different to what our secular world means by peace. Um, unfortunately we lost the beginning of John's talk um, for some reason it just didn't record but we have got most of it um, so just to give the, a bit of context before John picks it up. Um, we did. We started with a little bit of word association with, you know, kind of like when we think of peace, what are the first things um, that come into our minds? And John kind of shared that he, he felt that in our world, peace is an absence of noise or an absence of conflict or war. Um, but then went on to um, unpack that from his perspective, um, biblical peace is isn't about the absence of something it's about the presence of someone the fact that Jesus is the abiding presence with us uh, means that we can live lives of peace because we have Jesus by our side um, he um, he talked about how he wanted to stand out from the crowd when he was at university as being somebody who um, had something that nobody else had and that peace was one of those things but he also admitted that peace doesn't always seem to be attainable um, and that, frankly, we can just turn on the, on the news and we can find plenty of things to be anxious about. And so he said that there's a lot we can learn from how Jesus modelled life, um, especially um, as he kind of faced the end of his life, his crucifixion. Um, and so with that in mind... Um, John turned us towards um, the book of John and we read um, some of the story of Jesus' betrayal uh, and then John goes on to pick out some bits and bobs uh, from this passage on the subject of peace. So I hope this blesses you and I'll let John take it from here. Week, if you find it useful, but I'm going to kind of describe the story and pick out a few verses and a few things that stood out to me. Um, so let's set the scene for the betrayal. He, Jesus is sitting down um, with the disciples for food after three years of journeying with them. Um, so let's start the story with Jesus. He is comforting the di- disciples. In John 14, Jesus starts the encounter with the disciples with an encouragement of not being troubled. The Bible literally tells us that Jesus says to his, says to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. In the stories, the disciples had every reason to be troubled. They dropped everything. They had followed this man for years for all to be told it was coming to an end. In the story, we are told that one of the disciples will betray and deny Jesus. I think as Christians, we can struggle with the tension of God's promises on one hand and the reality of life on the other. Can anyone relate to the tension between knowing God's promises, but yet the reality that life sometimes doesn't? fit that. I think by now in their journey, the disciples must have known some of the promises over Jesus' life, yet they still doubted him. I've heard a lot of people say that, how can we learn a lot from Jesus about peace or how to handle anxiety and stress? He was the son of God, surely he didn't get stressed. But let's remember the duality of Jesus here. He is man and he is tempted, and he feels normal human experiences like you and I. How can we tell this, you ask? Let's look at the verse slightly later in the story, when they're in the garden. It says, he prayed more fervently, and was in such agony of the spirit, that his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. 
I'm going to butcher this word, but I'll try it. Hematidrosis is a rare condition in which individuals can sweat blood due to excessive stress, where your burst capillaries in your forehead and your sweat mix as they leave your body. I don't know about you guys, but I've certainly been stressed in my life, but I've never had burst capillaries from my forehead. So I think it's fair to say that Jesus, like you and I, was able to be extremely stressed and anxious. Back to the encounter with the disciples. In this moment, the disciples must be feeling let down, confused, disillusioned, frustrated. Yet Jesus is preparing them. He's not going to remove the cross from their experience because he understands the bigger picture. So Jesus decides to leave with them his peace. Jesus could have left the disciples with anything and everything, but he chose to leave them with his peace. Jesus doesn't promise us an easy life, but he promises he won't forsake us or leave us. Jesus understands that soon the disciples will need to cling on to his peace. Jesus has the bigger picture in our lives that we often can't see. A great example of this is in the same story. Um, in John 13, remember Jesus is soon to go to the cross. And scripture tells us what he was thinking in this moment. Rarely do we see such an insight into Jesus' thought process. The verse says, should be behind, the verse says, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. I'll read that again. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. I think that's a really interesting twist. Jesus, knowing that he was about to lose his life, thinks I've just re-inherited everything. That is quite a kingdom perspective. Facing that cross, facing, <laughs> facing the most gruesome death known to history, is thinking, hang on, I've just re-inherited everything. I don't know if I would have thought that in that moment, but Jesus here is trusting in God's promise. That is trusting in the bigger picture for his life. Remember, Jesus, as God, already owned everything, but he laid that down so he could come to the earth. And on the brink of the most gruesome death is thinking, I've just re-inherited everything. Back to the warring disciples, how did they respond after all this? Did they rely on Jesus' peace that he left them to help them through tough times? No. Peter denies Jesus. The disciples run away. They hide. They quit. They go back to their old professions. They do a pretty naff job. What happened to Jesus' peace that he left them with? Wasn't it enough? The disciples gave in to fear and anxiety, just like you and I do so often. As many as you know, um, my mum passed quite suddenly from cancer when I was 18. Whenever health, health scares come up for me or for Chloe or my family, um, my body fills with a lot of stress and anxiety, and, body, and my body sometimes just shuts down. But I'm learning in these moments that I have to fight to come back to his peace and not give in to the fear. I have the peace of Jesus within me. Remember, he left his peace with us. It's my possession. 
but I still have to choose to tap into it. I must continually come back to his peace, to his presence. If that's quite a, an abstract story, um, think of Daniel giving you one million pound. Um, that one million pound is yours. However, it's not useful until you start drawing down on it or using it. Peace is just like that one million pounds. The presence of Jesus is there. The one million pound is there. But we might not experience his peace until we draw down on it. How do you say we do that? Let's go back to that earlier statement. Peace isn't the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. Jesus. So I want you to think um, in that small group again of if you've got a stressful time that you think is coming up in the week ahead, how do you invite Jesus into that situation? If you don't know, maybe you can think, who can I talk to to discover how to talk to Jesus? So I'll just give you a couple of minutes. You can think in your head if you want to, or you can chat if you would like. How do I invite Jesus into that stressful situation that you've got coming up? So if you could just quickly wrap that up, if possible. So we're going to do response and reflection slightly differently today. So you have four options to choose. Options are always good. Option one, if you are more physically active or enjoy sports, you might want this one. So in that far corner... Um, we've got various balls. We've got spike ball, tennis ball, rugby ball, whatever hard ball that we stole from our dog. Um, if you are more that way inclined, you can go to that corner. And all I want you to do in twos or threes is throw around a ball and either chat about the talk. What did you like? What did you disagree with? What stood out to you? Or if you want to be a bit more brave, you can pray into a situation. Whether that's in your life, your week coming ahead or whether that's globally, there's many situations to pray into. So that's option one over there. Option two, if you want to be a bit more creative, is in that far corner over there. In that kind of weird bluey box, we have six snow globes and four stars. These are all kind of clear plastic, and we have a bunch of Sharpies. I've Googled, and it does work, apparently. So you've got about five minutes to decorate your star or snow globe. We do have fake snow you can put in. Um, and you can design it with something from today. So you could do your statement. The peace isn't the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. It could be Jesus is the Prince of Peace. It could be anything you want. So you have a creative option. Um, it's always nice to give the kids something rather than receiving in it. So if you want that one, there's 10 people can do that. Um, option three is going to be over here. Um, Brian's going to help kind of shape that. It's going to be the talky ones. Um, for you that love a little debate, you can ask your questions. You can kind of talk about what you liked, what you disliked about the talk. I won't be offended. Um, and I won't be there. So. <laughs> um, so option one, sporty, physically active. Option two, if you're creative. Option three, if you love a debate and chat. Option four, you can sit down and listen and reflect on your own. So we've got about five minutes Choose your group. You can stay where you are, or you can go to a corner. Up to you. I'm going to wander around. If you need any help, just look for Daniel or look for me, and we will direct you somewhere.